Hello, and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today I'm joined by Uni and Andreas as we dive into the tarot and transits for September of 2020. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Hey, hey, you two. So grateful to have you both back again. So good to be back. Hello, hello. Nice to be back. And from your break, how was your month off? It makes me think of that Lil' Kim song, I've been back for a minute, now I'm back with the jump off. (laughs) That's a good vibe. (laughs) I feel like August is always a pretty heavy month as far as uh, the transits with that Aquarius full moon, you know? For sure. It was definitely, I think, good for me to have had that break. And it was so good to hear both you and Nura give such a beautiful episode. So shout outs to you both for the amazing job that you did with that. Leo season came and now it's gone and we're going right into Virgo season. So prepare for this month. How about y'all? It was good. I mean, I missed you guys, but I feel grateful that I had Nura's help to jump in. And mm. yeah. What do you think, Uni? How was your time off? It was very insightful. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leo season was lit mm. in more ways than one. Yeah, everyone was out on the stage. Leo season becomes the stage of life where all get to dance and play and sing and act crazy. <laughs> and dance, lots of dancing. Yeah, a lot of that. So good for the soul, which is what we're all about here at the Soulful of It podcast. And I know people are probably tired of hearing this, but... Happy one year to us. We're mm. past it now. Yes, I wasn't on the episode to say congratulations to all three of us for having stuck it out for a whole year. And here we are continuing to do more episodes. So happy one year anniversary, y'all. Happy one year. Yes, it wouldn't be the same without you guys listening. So thanks for your support. So jumping right in with some quick announcements this month. Uni and Andreas, you guys are still doing readings, right? Yes, I've been doing some on my own. He's been doing some. I think we've been showing up for the people. So if you're looking to reach out, we're available together, but also separate. Yeah, for sure. Um, We're continuing to step into our own magic and provide whatever support we can to those that are in need, whether it's a conversation, a reading, whatnot. So you can reach us on that Aquarian Age page still. Also been working on a lot of music myself. So that's been getting me through the days. If anyone is interested in Checking out what some of this music is, you can follow me on SoundCloud at DJ A Loso. That's A L O S O. And yeah, got some tunes in there if you need music for when you're running, for when you're exercising, for when you're just wanting to straight up twerk in the living room. You want a bow chicka wow wow? You no, know, but yeah, check me out. Let me know. Send some love. And I'll be posting more of your sets on the Instagram for at Soulful of it as well. So there's another place that you guys can look for it and find it. Mm, thank you. Always happy to support, especially great music. <laughs> Next up, we have just two quick birthdays to announce this month. Carissa, happy birthday on the 4th of September. Virgo Ooh. magic is your thing, girl. Own it. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Carissa. And my girl, Monica, as well. Happy birthday on the 17th. Happy birthday to the Virgo queens. And anybody who's listening who's also a Virgo or has a Virgo rising or a Virgo moon, y'all make the world a better place and and much more organized and we need you. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday to all the Virgos. Thank you for your service. Last announcement that we have is the Affirmation Destination September Focus. Also, September is a 30-day affirmation challenge. So definitely go check out 
Affirmation Destination on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page as well. And we'll be posting the affirmation of the day every single day for 30 days to help you uplift your vibration so you can manifest more magic into your life. The focus for September is transformation. And we have defined this as embracing the physical, emotional, and spiritual changes of life with grace and ease instead of resistance or force. Remembering that change is ever-present and a key ingredient to growth. And I don't think that could be more fucking accurate. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, and it totally matches up with the cards that we pulled for the month, I think, perfectly. Which is where we're headed next. Speaking of, what are the cards that we pulled? So the first card that we pulled, which is paying attention to what is here right now, is temperance. And temperance, visually, we see an angel stepping into a pool of water with one foot on the land, and they have two cups in their hands. And they're finding this beautiful balance. And I think temperance as a card is a perfect reflection of what it is to be a temperate soul. That is, being in this perfect harmony with this co-creative spirit with source. And it also represents us overcoming our animal nature to really be in harmony with that higher power and i think at any moment in time we're able to really give it to something outside of ourselves to hold it instead of trying to force it to happen we're giving divine order its proper place and trusting in that instead of forcefully willing it to happen and that's a big theme for this month i feel secondly we have the card that's helping us move forward and that's the page of cups and the page of cups really is an invitation to look at how we are engaging with the practices that are allowing ourselves to connect and have this working relationship with what is inside of our cups and how that can increase the capacity for us to go deeper. If you look at this card visually, it usually has a page standing holding a cup and he's in conversation with the fish, which is again bringing us back to these deeper aspects of ourselves and how it is that we are engaging with what is inside of our cups. And It's really coming back home to the heart, coming back home to the forgotten magic of your childhood and using that to be the channel and the vessel to help you tap into the medicine that you are meant to bring out into the world by really harnessing your creative and imaginative medicine and bringing that into the world to be of service so that you can embody what it is to be a better healer and have increased capacity to hold space far as what we have for our conscious support we have the queen of swords and the queen of swords she's pretty intense looking sitting on her throne holding her sword of truth and she is here to remind us of how critically important it is for us to hold our boundaries especially around the people that we love because it's sometimes very easy for us to blur the lines and we can't move from a queen into a king if we have shaky boundaries because the moment that somebody comes at us with a belief that doesn't necessarily match that, we have the potential to fall apart and this is really a reclamation of ourselves and our truth. On the subconscious level, we are tapping into the Eight of Swords, which visually the card has 
a woman trapped in between some swords. And it's an invitation for us to really revisit the narratives that we have created in our minds around what we need to do in order to solve a problem. It's an invitation to look outside the box and expand and liberate ourselves because generally it's our mind and our narratives that keep us trapped. And lastly, the card that we are using as guidance through all of this is the Ace of Cups, which has a disembodied hand holding a cup, which is overflowing with water. It's the same cup that the Page of Cups is holding, and we're in an active relationship with it. And it's really an invitation for us to bring in all the aspects of ourselves that are begging to be loved, begging to be embraced, and giving ourselves that element of self-love. And self-love can be difficult and it changes from season to season, but it's an active process that we engage with. And when we can be loving witness to that, we open ourselves to have the capacity to hold ourselves and in the process, hold others. Mm, That was lovely. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was so lovely. And these cards are so ripe for this month of September, a lot of what you just said is resonating with me. And I hope it's resonating with our listeners as well. And we're going to be weaving in these concepts and ideas of the tarot into the transits as we move through the month of September. And this month has a lot of action. So you've got a lot of different things that we want to cover. And we're going to start with the full moon in Pisces. Yeah, on the first, which is quite the way to start the month, honestly. I can't remember the last time we had a full moon on the first, but either way, I think it's pretty cool that it's happening this month. Stepping into this Pisces, Virgo polarity, it's highlighting a lot of really important dynamics within the same micro and macrocosm that we get to experience every month at a full moon. The Pisces energy being a water energy can be grounded within the feminine aspects of creativity, imagination, being able to allow there to be valid emotion and integrity behind it. But Virgo comes in to help us to remind us of the ability to be precise. There's this era of Virgo that likes to create a sense of understanding and structure. And it comes from the ability to push past what Leo season teaches us. When I look at astrology, I always look at it as one large timeline of an individual's life. So when you look at Aries and it starts off as a newborn child, the energy of that, and you make your way towards the end of the scale where it's Pisces, the the old sage, you look at where Leo is and it's kind of smack in the middle. And so Leo is almost like that energy of stepping into pre-adolescence, like pre-teen, where you're starting to experience your own excitement to want to present yourself to the world and you're stepping out on that stage and you looking at your mom, you're like, hey mom, how do I look in this outfit? And you're like really ready to go to school and show off your new sneakers to your friends and get all the excitement (laughs) and all the attention that you get. And then it's like Virgo energy comes in and you hit that door and you're like, oh shit, I'm out here on my own. I'm going out into the world right now. Like these little sneakers are not going to push me through. I mean, sure, they're cute, but I need to have precision. I need to have some sort of direction. I need to be observant. Like, whoa. And so this energy of Virgo comes in where it starts to shift your ability to look at your environment and to pay attention and to understand how you are in a relationship with all of that, which is life. And so how you engage with these energies and how you engage with the dynamics of it, how you show up is what allows for there to be 
this inner understanding that that is you being of service. The way that you choose to show up with that awareness of what Pisces teaches you, which is emotional depth and creativity and color and imagination combined with this precision and this energetic innate want to just show up as your best self because you're able to provide that support, that service to the world. So beautiful time to, you know, revisit what some of these things mean. Virgo is a very body conscious sign as well. So when you're stepping into this Virgo energy, it can be very easy for shadows to come out or for there to be this sense of an over analytical looking at the smaller details of things on how we see ourselves, how we feel in our body, how we're allowing ourselves to be loved within the context of what it feels like to be in our own body. And so in order for us to be able to extend that love and allow it to magnify outside of ourselves, it requires there to be a little bit of self-love that goes in with accepting yourself and understanding that where you stand with yourself is the beauty and the privilege of being alive. So that way you get to allow others to show up as they need to and you accept it and you remove this sense of pressure that sometimes can come with Virgo energy of just wanting to be useful, wanting to be practical, wanting to know that people can rely on you, but not being disappointed when people choose to choose themselves because, you know, sometimes that happens. Yeah, it's part of life. And I think of Pisces as a box of crayons. <laughs> like overrun some of them you know those are the colors that you really like maybe you really like to play with the blue or the pink or whatever color is really calling to you and and Pisces is just that box of mixed colors the full rainbow and they're all different shapes and sizes and they'll just grab whatever is going to work and use it and go to work with it and it's fine Virgo on the other hand is a mechanical pencil that has enough lead to last until the end of the motherfucking world <laughs> and Virgo shows up to class like very articulate very ready to work very ready to sit down figure out the fine details make a plan execute the plan Pisces shows up and that's already a win right because Pisces is like hey man some days I just don't feel like coming and some of the aspects going on this month dealing with this axis of refinement Virgo, expansion, Pisces, tangible, Virgo, intangible, Pisces. We're looking at having Venus and Cancer square Mars in Aries. We also have Mars square Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn on this day. And frustrations might be surfacing today on the full moon in regards to your relationships, your finance how fast you feel that things are or are not unfolding around you. I think it's really important to remember to diffuse disagreements, especially because we have Mars and Aries, so it's easy to get really heated very quickly. So if you're feeling frustrated on this full moon, you might just want to take a beat, go for a walk, calm down, choose to respond instead of react. I think that'll be a really great ally for you. We also have Mercury in Virgo, in a trine to Saturn and Capricorn. When we talk about Saturn, we think about limitations. So with Mercury in a trine to Saturn and Capricorn, we're being given this energizing opportunity to speak on some of those limitations. So if there's something that's been weighing heavily on your heart that you feel has been holding you back, this is actually the ideal day to go talk to your mom, talk to your friends, talk to your 
grandparents, talk to your therapist, whoever you have, your dog, and be willing to just share what's going on for you and just be very vulnerable with that. Pisces also creates a lot of opportunity for vulnerability, for being seen. The last transit that I wanted to mention for the full moon in Pisces is that we have Uranus and Taurus in a trine to the sun in Virgo and in a sextile to the moon in Pisces. My interpretation of this is that it's a great time to let your freak flag fly. Uranus is here to switch things up. It is getting support from both the sun and the moon on this full moon. It's a really great time to just be authentically your weird ass self. So if there's something that you like to do that's a little out of the box or maybe would be not societally like acceptable or whatever, today's the day to do it, honestly. Like you I should mean, just let it out. Doesn't that happen every full moon though? The weirdos come out. <laughs> but in a Piscean way, which is very artistic. So yeah. I think that it might be something that has to do with artistic self-expression so we're gonna walk outside and the world's gonna be like burning man on this full moon (laughs) y'all exactly i mean if you feel like you need to go for a naked bike ride you should do that i mean portland that's what we're all about here right i mean we keep it real weird so just check your laws in your state or your country before you go taking my (laughs) advice this is where this polarity between Pisces and Virgo comes into the difference between sympathy and empathy and how a lot of times sympathy can be stepping outside of ourselves to feel for another but in a way that's almost out of like oh I feel bad for you that kind of sucks I could imagine but to be able to shift into a space of empathy where it's like no you know what I can only imagine what that would feel like let me engage with you a little differently let me show up a little differently Because that way it allows for you to tap into the sensitivity of what Pisces has to offer, but also the precision of what Virgo knows and the groundedness that it knows. And honestly, shout out to all my Virgo lunar people. That's a a really hard lunar sign to have. And, you know, a lot of times as a Virgo moon, the complexities of what that energy comes with as far as just being so, it's not even analytical, it's just so aware You're so aware of the details. It's like, how can you not see those things? And so for that energy, I guess what I'm trying to say is when we can feel that maybe someone's triggering us, let's remember that usually it's just because it's a reminder of something that is needing our attention. And so the more that we can offer out empathy over this idea of sympathy, we start to do our part in being able to offer something a little bit different in the world that allows for each other to be more considerate of one another. So... Whether you get flared up or triggered or whatever it is, this full moon, there's a lot of supporting energy there that can allow for you to just feel uncomfortable. Just bring yourself back into your body. Call yourself back in. Sit with yourself. Realize that we can aim to keep things light as a feather and just allow for things to gracefully be accepted. Yeah, and you don't need to overthink your way out of things, which is such an eight of swords energy. Mm -hmm. I was totally thinking that. And just if you even look at this card, it makes you think almost using that Virgo mentality to get into the finer details of it and how easy that can be to get so caught up in the storyline of what that needs to look like in order to get to the solution for the problem where the Pisces energy is really coming in to basically clear a path that is maybe outside the box, which Virgo loves to color inside of. And it will lead you to the same solution overall because all those paths lead back to yourself. That's a really great analogy. I like that. And our next transit is on Saturday the 5th 
which is Mercury entering Libra. This transit is us seeking harmony and balance and agreement in our conversations and the way that we relay information and receive information. It's a desire to share information that brings people together, which is really interesting timing since we do have a very polarizing election coming up. So leading into that, um, this transit, I think, wants us to do our best to find places that we can agree, to find places that we can find balance. But sometimes disagreement is the balance that you're going to get. And you have to be willing to accept that and realize that it's not worth your energy to argue with everybody that disagrees with you. Sometimes you just have to be quiet and hear the other sides of things, even if you absolutely don't agree with it. Yeah, I think there comes a point where it's not uh, conducive to overextend yourself and using the energy to explain who you are. It's like if someone is going to really take the time to get to know you and figure out perhaps where you may be coming from, then beautiful. But if that person also is not understanding you and really isn't putting in the effort to ask questions or to get to know you a little bit better, then there's no reason to overextend your energy and trying to explain yourself in that way. I think with this transit, the one thing that sticks out to me the most is that Libra energy can be somewhat of a people pleaser energy. And so especially in the forms of communication or information, I think it's important to watch out for where we may be compromising our own personal truths just for the comfort and the safety of what could be relationships that would potentially suffer from that authenticity or from that honesty. So I don't think it would be wise to like seek to further conversations that are already leading towards a disagreement. Sometimes the best thing to do is just to agree that you will disagree. But so long as you have integrity in your heart while pursuing these forms of conversations, I think it's also important to not disown our personal truths. And sometimes it's about just stating what our truth is and allowing for that to be received and to let it settle in before even re-engaging once again. And just because you've engaged in the conversation doesn't mean you have to stay in the conversation. You can back that bitch up and go out the door and be done with the conversation and preserve the relationship as well, which I think is really, really important, especially with all of these very trying times that we are in where disagreement is everywhere. Agreement isn't always the answer to everything. It's also acceptance when you have the ultimate awareness of there being a contradiction with things or somewhat of an opposing energy with things, it allows you to step into a higher form of acceptance that comes with a slight detachment from it in a very humbled way. You know, you can see energy for what it is. And if the energy that you're up against seems too opposing or seems like it's calling too much of an attention to the challenge, then you can, in your own essence, accept that difference and disengage with it energetically, but still having this higher awareness that that's acceptance. You know, there's no need to fight to prove a point. Sometimes the the point itself is for you to remember you can disengage and allow for the heaviness to fall away when you're ready. And we can find harmony in other spaces as well. And something I think would be great for this Mercury and Libra transit that is only with us in this month of September because Mercury moves so quickly through its transits is that you could create a collaborative playlist with somebody and just add songs to that. 
I did mm. that recently with someone and I really enjoyed it. Actually, a few different people that it popped up with and it just gave me some really cool playlists. And another idea I had was taking part in a book club of some sort where <laughs> you get to have something that you're going to share and you could still have differing opinions about it, but it's not probably going to be something that triggers the fuck out of you and kind of makes you like low-key hate that person <laughs> because it's a fiction book or whatever. So mm. you might not want to start with like a political book that might divide you, but most book clubs I think are uh, going with some fun fiction stuff that you could find and, and do it virtually too. Because there's lots of that happening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I think there's a beautiful, like, collaborative piece to that. Because sometimes, at least as we've experienced when we've done readings for each other, we see pieces in each other's puzzle that we wouldn't have otherwise seen. And it's just really fun to see the opposing view sometimes. And uh, for this transit of this Mercury and Libra, it also makes me think of this um, intersection between the Queen of Swords and Temperance. Because where the Queen of Swords is very aware of her own personal boundaries pertaining to how she's communicating and engaging out in the world. You need a certain amount of temperance within yourself to really know what is your limit when you're kind of stepping into territory of maybe being slightly aggressive in your way of talking and your way of engaging or how you're starting to get defensive within that conversation. And I think if you bring it back to that temperance peace you can find a little bit of more stillness within yourself so that you have the understanding to know your own truth while also giving the space for the other person to speak their truth as well without really getting so emotionally invested in having to prove your point and at the end of the day it ends up creating a little bit more space for connection and at least some mutual respect to be held in that space 100 percent couldn't have said that better <laughs> <laughs> So now we have Venus going into Leo on the next day. That is the 6th of September. And Venus is coming in hot with this fiery energy right now. This is the time where things start to take on that stage again, that presence, that excitement. It's going to be about the grand gestures and doing things because you genuinely feel in the back of your heart that you want to do these things. So I think that's a beautiful reminder there too to check back in with yourself and realize that Maybe during this transit where we would normally seek desire or seek fulfillment, Leo is giving us that opportunity to almost be selfless. But I think with that comes this bigger awareness of realizing that with this energy of Leo stepping into this area of Venus, you know, there might be times where we want to do things just from our hearts because it makes us feel good. And we like to show our friends love and we like to show our partners love and we like to let people know that we care about them. But Leo might not be about the small little gestures. Leo might want to do something nicer or bigger. And I think with that comes a reminder always of Leo's opposite, which is Aquarius. And that brings you back to just being humbled. If you're doing something for someone because you actually care about them or because it's about the act of doing something lovely, then remember that. You know, we can't forget that when we're like possibly slipping up in our minds and like waiting for that amazing response that we thought we were going to get or for that grand gesture in return. Sometimes that doesn't happen. And I think for us to be able to really come back to the truth of why it is that we are doing the things that we're doing, it reminds us to check in with ourselves to see if it's really actually because we're doing it out of the goodness of our heart or if it was in some weird way so that we can receive some sort of attention for it or recognition for it. So it's a beautiful place to check in with yourself as far as how it is that you're seeking fulfillment and desires within this time frame. Yeah. Is it heart centered or is it hollow? Mm. That's a big Leo 
thing to be aware of the shadows of Leo, right? And when we're talking about Venus, we're thinking about this in relation to our relationships. We're thinking about this in the lens of finances. It makes me think of people who have really big extravagant proposals and marriages and it's like this massive wedding with hundreds of people that you don't fucking know let's be real i mean come on and it's for the instagram shots right and you're getting all these instagram shots and you're looking so good and people like oh my god they must be so in love and like on the other side of the veil is a horrible relationship that is very materialistic has no heart in it Maybe you're in it for the money, like you're in it for the show. The person has status, et cetera. Like you don't want to be that person. You just don't. And this transit of Venus and Leo, it's good to be aware of that so that you can focus in on what really is heart centered for you. Is it genuine? People who have Venus and Leo in a natal chart. And if you're listening and that's you, you love so big. You love so fully. Your love is all-encompassing. And when you're generous, you're so generous and so wonderful. But you don't want to be too generous. You want to be aware of where you're giving that energy. Who deserves that energy? You deserve that energy. Venus and Leo is also a great time for you to love and tend to yourself. For you to do big shows of love for yourself. And when I think about Leo's energy and the performative nature that we talk about with Leo, why is that is because we're seeking validation. So good to validate yourself as often as you can. That's self-love, that's real self-love, is self-validation to be like, hey, you tried, you failed, but you tried, damn it, and I'm here to cheer for you so that you can try again, and guess what? If nobody else is cheering, and maybe it's because they don't know to cheer, because they don't even know what battles you're fighting that you've won or lost, it doesn't matter. Because I'm here supporting myself. So Venus and Leo really invites us to be that cheerleader for ourselves. But to be heart-centered. And to be aware that there's a tendency to become hollow sometimes if we are too performative. So we want to stay away from that. And we want to focus on doing things that are going to help build confidence. And on the topic of confidence... When I think of Venus and Leo, I think of this big capacity for confidence. And something that I have learned recently in my years is that the fastest and most surefire way to build confidence in yourself is to set a commitment and keep the commitment. It could be as small as, I'm going to wake up early tomorrow, or as big as, I'm going to save up. $10,000 and then I'm going to go travel all over the world when that's a thing again. (laughs) So it could really look like anything, but that's something else I wanted to mention with this transit is that it's an opportunity to cultivate more authentic confidence in yourself. Beautiful. I think it's important to always recognize both the light and shadow aspects of every situation because It's the yin and the yang, and it allows us to come back to a center point of neutrality and to remember that there are spaces within that. And I think with Leo in specific, maybe some of the archetypes and the shadows that go with it to some can be somewhat triggering. 
And I think the beautiful thing about Leo is that it reminds us of our playfulness. It reminds us of our ability to go back to a sense of joy and having pride in the way that you're seeking out that joy and, and remembering to laugh, remembering about the little things in life that make you happy and tapping into that innocence of wanting to just play for fun and to keep things lighter for yourself. And so it's important that during this time too, you know, if anything ever comes up, and we can feel triggered, those are great spaces to engage in a form of conversation. But also to remind ourselves during this time that perhaps what it is that's offending you might be a very innocent part on the other person's end. And so if there is something that is coming up for you, I would even encourage you to exercise your ability to talk about these things as if you were in some degree exercising your ability to talk with that energetic archetypal feeling of what it would be to talk to like a, a teenage energy that youthful spirit that's very playful and wanting to engage with the world with so much pride i think it allows us to be able to come back to this centered space of again acceptance where we can truly just communicate i was going to tie it into the ace of cups and as well as temperance because in egyptian tarot at least temperance has an association to taurus and taurus is ruled by venus so it has this aspect of getting lost in kind of the physicality, the tactile senses part of it. And I think when it is applied to love in general, it also reminds us of that yin and yang in the sense of the masculine and female polarities and how when we unite them, that is reaching that state of like harmony and balance. And you have to have a certain amount of temperance in order to gauge how much of that self-love needs to be given to yourself and how much you are willing to invest outside of you in order to have this understanding of the reciprocal nature within that. And all of that is to essentially keep you from handing out half empty cups because that is that active relationship with the cup to know how much of it you're supplying for yourself because you got to take one to give one at all times. And you can draw the connection to the page of cups right there as well. And Leo's, I admire everything about you guys because my opposite sign. And sometimes it's a really beautiful reflection to really see how I could step it up and embody that for myself. 100%. Yes. There's this quote that I came across many moons ago that says, perhaps we should love ourselves so fiercely that when others see us, they know exactly how it should be done. That is very, very much Leo and Venus energy. I agree. And Ace in of the Cups. light for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all of these things together. It's when you're authentically yourself, when you love yourself so purely, both the good, the bad. Not even seeing it as good and bad. Mm -hmm. Seeing it as just two different sides of a coin, two different sides to every story, to every person. We create a space for other people to meet themselves in that same energy because it's contagious. Mm. So that's something to think about and chew on with this transit. Mm -hmm. And our next transit is a big one. On Wednesday, the 9th of September, 9-9, we have Mars going retrograde in Aries. And it's going to be retrograde until November 13th when it will station direct. And Mars stations retrograde every 26 months. And the retrograde period is typically about a two-month window. Mars retrogrades are only second to Venus retrogrades in their rarity. And this year, in 2020, we have had both. 
And I guess none of us are surprised by that or anything else at this point in the year. (laughs) Mars retrograde can be a frustrating and confusing time because although we may have a desire to take action, it's actually best that we sit on our hands and we think things through before we go out into the world and try to make waves. For me, this is Queen of Swords energy. We are reassessing how we assert ourselves in the world, reforming our inner warrior, and I think it's time for us to become quiet enough to hear the spiritual warrior inside of each of us speak our deepest desires and needs so we can really act on them when Mars goes direct in November. This is a time to slow your roll. What actions that you are taking are really worthwhile for you? This is a time to think about that. This retrograde period is a chance to deepen our connection with our body and to hear the wisdom of our movements before our movements have even been made. What has been frustrating you recently? How can you make change in a subtle or a small way? Is there anything lingering from the past that you need to address? Especially something that had to do with an action that you took or someone else took that had an effect on you. Our last Mars retrograde period was in July of 2017 through September of 2017. What was your life like then? Who was in your life? Are they still there? Do you still want them there? To see where Mars retrograde is going to have the biggest effects on you personally, you can look at your natal chart. Look at the degrees of 28 of Aries to 15 degrees of Aries. What house does that encompass? Are there any planets there? For example, in my natal chart, Aries rules my 11th house of community and goal setting. So I know that much of the time of this transit has to do with me reconsidering the groups that I spend time with and the goals that I have set and will be setting during the Mars retrograde period and likely won't have an opportunity to execute jack shit on for at least (laughs) this two months period. So can I dream? Can I set those goals? Can I be ambitious without hitting the ground running? Can I dream and think of what goals I have, communities that I am part of or want to be a part of or want to build without going out and trying to initiate it? Can I wait for the invitation? That's a lot of what this Mars retrograde energy is asking of each of us. Aries is right at home with Mars and, you know, Mars representing the way that we find our own vigor, our own personal energy to get up the drive that we have to want to show up into life and to get on with our days. In Aries energy, it's very go-getter energy. It's very about, it's very much so about initiating and going out and doing the things and getting things done. And, you know, like Carrie was just saying, it's kind of hard. It's kind of counter intuitive almost at the moment with that Aries energy being in Mars right now. There's so much that's going to make you want to feel like you should go, go, go. What can I do? And feeling like, damn, there's not enough time. I just got to get there. Mars and Aries energy can be a lot of tunnel vision. And in which case that can work in our favor many ways. But I think with it being retrograde this time around, it's almost asking us maybe how we can look at that differently. 
and maybe see how maybe in the past what we thought or maybe what actually did work for us is keeping tunnel vision is now coming up so that we can remember that we have peripherals. We have things that we can be looking out on the sides too that we don't want to miss this time around. This retrograde period is giving us another opportunity for us to do things differently and the ability to reassess how it is that you want to engage with that personal drive, that personal energy that you're going to be feeling so much of can allow for there to be different opportunities as to how you're going to channel that energy instead of just how you would have normally done it in the more obvious of ways. It's a lot of rewriting narratives mm -hmm. in regards to your personal identity too, right? Because we have Mars in Aries until 2021. That's a long time. Mars mm -hmm. is never in signs this long, but because we have this retrograde opportunity, we get to deepen that and it's all about the self. It really is about how you're showing up. Do you want to show up that way? Do you want to keep being known as that person? Is that even who the fuck you are? Mm -hmm. Does that even align with you anymore? Just because you took that action in 2017 and there's a connection there because that was our last Mars retrograde cycle doesn't mean that you have to take that same action in response to the same person or a very similar situation. You have the autonomy to sleep on it. I think sleeping on it is one of the best pieces of advice anybody ever gave me. <laughs> Shout out to my aunt. <laughs> who when I was running my Sagittarius fiery mouth towards my mother as a child came to me one-on-one -on -one and was like hey have you ever thought about just sleeping on it and then going to your mom to talk about what you have to say to her what feedback you have to provide to her I remember that and I never ever forgot it and it was so helpful for me and as an adult even though I don't always do it it always serves me mm -hmm. to fucking sleep on things and I think that's such a small little tool that we can lean on for this transit and to be aware not to over fucking think things which is eight of swords energy a hundred percent is the blindfold on because you put it on or did somebody else put it on are you even like is any of this even real or is it all just in your mind with that being said i think there's a lot that comes with feeling that and allowing for that to create impulsivity so that is definitely mm. another word that I think needs to be kept in mind during this retrograde transit is, are we acting off of impulsivity? And if so, how has that worked out for us in the past? How has being impulsive created situations and scenarios that in retrospect, yes, we have learned from, but do we need to relearn those lessons again under the same context? Are we allowing for impulsivity to create a disruption within ourselves because we feel like we need to make a decision or we need to do something and we have to figure it out now, now, now? Again, that's normal kind of Aries and Mars energy. But with it being retrograde, that's the opportunity to look at that impulsivity a little differently and tend to it with a little bit more compassion and awareness. And, you know, the other day, shout out to my housemate, Carlos. We were having an amazing conversation and... The fact that he at one point was like, you know what? I actually just noticed that that's actually a pattern. I'm going to have to address this. Um, already learned that lesson. Don't feel like I need to go back down that path. And yeah, that's awesome. And I was like, wow, good for you. Like you noticed the red flag. And instead of what instead of doing what we might have done in the past, which is try to paint a red flag orange and call <laughs> it yellow. It's like a red flag is a red flag that we feel from our own intuitive nature when we feel it. And to disregard that, to go ahead and try to repeat the same action, expecting a different consequence is 
literally the definition of insanity, according to that very popular quote that I think we all know. But yeah, definitely an opportunity to look at impulsivity, to look at, you know, anxiety differently. We're all suffering from different forms of anxiety. And how much is this anxiety being self-created or how much of it has been created in just the current situations that we're in? And with that being said, how can we show up for ourselves more in a way where we're nurturing ourselves? Going back to astrology and the way that I look at the signs, Aries on that timeline of the soul's path is that energy of a newborn baby. For parents that just come home with a newborn, they know the beginning is going to be kind of tough. They know there's going to be moments where that baby's going to wake up in the middle of the night and be crying and need to be fed and need to be changed. But that's part of the understanding that goes into maturity and creating that awareness that in the beginning, this energy might be a little hard to tune into. You know, you might yourself even get triggered by yourself. But how are you going to sit with yourself there? How are you going to nurture yourself as if your energy is that of a newborn baby? Because at some point, you can't get upset with a baby for being a baby, for crying, for needing attention, for needing love, for needing warmth. And so how can we show up for ourselves with that same awareness of using the archetype of a newborn baby to treat ourselves with more softness rather than to allow ourselves to get triggered into impulsivity and rage and anger? Because those are going to be our biggest teachers these months is how to notice those emotional uprisings within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Woo. That was that so was so good. good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. If you really think about it with temperance, the stem of that word comes from Latin, which is temp as in time. So it's really a card that has to deal very much so with taking your time. It's not something or a process that can be rushed through. And I think when you're looking at this in this revision period, if you keep in mind that the keynote of temperance is actually the Hierophant, then from that framework, you can choose to re-examine how you've been looking at the world through the lens of what you've known so far. And you're getting this new perspective from trusting yourself and trusting your cycles of understanding that inner harmony within you. And as Andreas had mentioned about the anxiety that's created when we are not trusting the process, when we are not really allowing the divine order to take its place, that's when we try to rush things. That's when we try to tap into that Aries energy and move through it quicker. And yes, this is a perfect opportunity to be dismantling when you look at the association with Mars, also connected to the tower, which is really about getting into the foundational pieces of that work and dismantling it, bringing that conscious awareness. And the more that you can tend and nurture that piece of you, because that is what's going to allow you to do the deeper excavation work that's moving through this Plutonian energy that is the association to the Page of Cups. And you're leveraging that to really gain more deeper insight on yourself so that you can really move with more ease and apply yourself in new ways. On a more cosmic note, what I did want to add too is that I think this is going to be a beautiful time for us as a human species to set in an intention for more prayers, or even if the word prayer itself doesn't resonate with you, just more thoughts being sent out to the universe right now during these trying times. Because yes, this is election year. This is a lot going on. There's been a lot of uprisings. I think with Uranus also right now, just having gone in retrograde motion, Uranus is the planet of surprises. And with it also being in Taurus right now, there is going to be a lot more opportunities in this coming time for there to be more of a revision point with how we put value and wealth on the idea of security or finances or structure. Taurus is giving us the opportunity to look at that. 
But I think with that process will also come more disruption in the sense of what points that are trying to be made politically or however that may result. And so just, again, perfect time for us to use all that excess energy that we're going to be feeling of like, we need to do something. We need to do something. Aries energy is going to make you feel like you need to make a decision. You need to do something. But rather than act off of impulse, using this retrograde time to redirect that energy towards a good purpose. And that could be, like I said, sending out good thoughts for the world right now, for the collective, for any countries that might be experiencing aggression or anger or violence in any way, because that energy is there. And so if we can help diffuse it by sending out that excess energy that we have as a form of prayer or support, now's the time to do it, y'all. Absolutely. It's a powerful, powerful energy to have Mars and Aries for any amount of time, but especially for this extended period of time during this extremely important year. And that sets us up for on Saturday the 12th, having Jupiter go direct in Capricorn. And Jupiter has been in Capricorn all year long. And it's finishing up its transit. It's going to be moving on into Aquarius at the end of the year. And it's not that far away, guys. So now that Jupiter is direct in Capricorn... You can look back to when it started its retrograde journey, which was in May, on the 14th of May. Is there anything between May and now that you feel like has been holding you back? You feel like, oh, I have not just haven't been able to, to expand in this way that I really have been desiring. Like now is your moment. My interpretation of this is that we might feel that our manifesting mojo is back. But it's important to recognize that it never actually left. We always have the ability to manifest, but the way that we engage with the energy of manifesting changes. Changes like phases of the moon, changes like seasons of the sun. I mean, change is ever present. And with Jupiter going retrograde every year for about four months, which is about a third of the year, this is something that we're familiar with, whether we're consciously aware of that rhythm or not. That every year that we have this period of time where it kind of feels like our expansive powers have been muffled a little bit, mm. maybe with a face mask. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't mean that you can't talk, right? If you're wearing a face mask, you can still talk. You're just going to have to talk a little louder to be heard, right? Mm. So maybe in these last few months, you've had to talk a little louder. Now you can talk quieter and be heard. Now you can make the move that you wanted to make, that the universe wanted you to rethink how you were going to go about it. And maybe now you have the answer. Mm. And maybe you don't. I mean, it really depends on the person, right? This Jupiter and Capricorn energy has literally been the theme of what we have experienced this entire year. When we think of Jupiter, it's meant to be the energy of expansion, what's intended to be expansive. With it having been in Capricorn, there has been... This energy of sometimes wanting to reach expansion or to do more or to do better. And then we question whether what we thought we were doing with the intentions of leading us to expansion are actually going to lead us there. You know, we can try to find all these practical routes that Capricorn rules. It's trying to be tactful, trying to find a strategy, trying to find the things to fit all the boxes and to check off everything on the list and to dot your I's and cross your T's and this energy of thinking that as long as you have everything somewhat figured out on a mental level, you will reach this idea of expansion. 
but that keeps you in the mind. And sometimes it doesn't allow for you to drop into the body or to check in with your spirit or to see how you are doing emotionally. And if you're actually engaging with all parts of yourself. So with there having been this energy of retrograde and now it going back to direct, I think this is going to be a great opportunity for us to have put to the challenge what it was that was no longer serving us that maybe we gave so much attention to and having been the answer to our problems or the answer to what we thought was going to lead us to feeling better about ourselves. And here we get the opportunity to reevaluate where it is that we're going to put effort and value into allowing ourselves to feel like we're expanding. Like despite how hard this year has been, you can look at that perspective of seeing how hard it's been or you can look at it from the other side of the coin of accepting and acknowledging all the gratitude that can come from what you've learned about yourself on this idea towards wholeness, on this idea towards expansion. Because the truth is we've probably expanded in areas that we wouldn't have given credit to had this year not played out the way that it did. Yeah. Can you trust divine timing? Mm-hmm. You hold the vision, trust the process. Even when it doesn't make sense, you express gratitude. Because even in those moments when things don't make sense, that's when you can express the most amount of gratitude and realize like, wow, if it wasn't for this challenging situation right now, I wouldn't even realize how much value I was putting into this outcome. Maybe it's time to reshift that. Total eights energy right there, being caught in the mentality of that when you can tap back into the body to unearth or bring up to the surface those gifts from the deep, which are really your magic, your abilities. So good. So that leads us definitely in a great place to be able to re-engage with this forward movement, seeking expansion, and brings us right to the new moon, which is going to be on the 17th in the sign of Virgo. New moons are typically a time to allow yourself to reset, clear the board, repaint that canvas over white, start with a brand new painting. You have a brand new palette to work with. Virgo energy is allowing for you to engage with that with precision by becoming your best ally and choosing to view yourself differently. Instead of viewing yourself as over-analytical, view yourself as determined. Instead of viewing yourself as being complex, view yourself as being very aware. Use these sensitivities to create a new fresh start for yourself, however that may be. You might be inspired to want to do something more for yourself on the physical level. Perhaps you're feeling inspired now to be able to engage with a sort of exercise routine. You know, we're now leaving the summer where the heat is no longer draining so much of our energy. We're getting back some of that energy to be able to enjoy the changes, enjoy the seasons as they come. This Virgo new moon is giving us the opportunity to re-engage with our five senses and to remember what that could be like now that we're giving ourselves a clean slate that we require. Couldn't agree more. We're refining our identity to redefine how we relate to our emotional security. We have the sun and moon and Virgo in a trine to Saturn and Capricorn. And remember, Saturn is finishing up in Capricorn this year. This is an opportunity to work with your limitations, to achieve the goals that you have in mind, maybe by a different route. The innovative plan B might appear to you when it hasn't appeared to you any day before. Let's make the most of that. We also have the sun and moon in Virgo opposing Neptune and Pisces. We're balancing now how we identify with our dreams, 
We're considering the parts that form the whole. We're looking within for a reflection of what's outside. And we're invited to embrace our internal influences with the external, which is, again, more temperance magic. We also have Mercury and Libra forming a square to Jupiter and Capricorn. You want to pay attention to the details. It is still Virgo season so that you don't overlook anything important. You want to slow down just like that Mars retrograde in Aries is asking you to do. And remember that time doesn't always have to match the speed of our thoughts. Be willing to repeat yourself if you're not heard the first time that you speak up. Sometimes we have to speak up again and again to really be heard. It's annoying, but it's worthwhile if the person that you're talking to is someone you want to bring into the conversation more. We also have Venus and Leo forming a square to Uranus and Taurus. This is our relationships and our finances getting a jolt of change today. How we react to that change is up to us. The Uranus-Venus aspects this year are encouraging growth in our relationships, and this could be showing up for a lot of us as boundary setting. Boundaries continues to be a huge theme of this year for many of us, myself included, and we can call upon the Queen of Swords and the Page of Cups to help us build our fortress. Last aspect I wanted to mention is Jupiter and Capricorn in a sextile to Neptune and Pisces. This new moon is asking us, what is your dream? I know it's been a wild as fuck year, but that doesn't mean the dreaming has to stop. In fact, when we're in times of crisis and struggle and massive change, it's helpful to look ahead sometimes just to remember that all the stones that we're placing today will eventually build the castles of tomorrow. What castle are you building? What do you want that to look like? Today you're invited to plant a seed, to lay a brick, to begin building the castle. And be patient because it's not going to pop up tomorrow as much as you might wish that it does. And I get that. I'm the same way. That also, when you were just saying that, it made me think of Virgo as if you look at its association to the hermit, too. You're illuminating one step at a time. So as you're laying mm. your rocks, you're also taking your one step to get closer to that end goal, which is just self-mastery. And the hermit is a great ally for Virgo season, always. Yeah, I was actually reading this quote here that I really liked. It was from uh, from the hermit card itself, but it was... Remember then, son of earth, prudence is the armor of the wise. Circumspection enables one to avoid snares and abysses and to foresee treason. Take it for the guide in all the actions, even in the least. Nothing is indifferent here below. A pebble can overturn the chariot of the master of the world. I really like that quote because it, it reminds you that this Virgo energy allows you the ability to oversee where it is that you are always in a space to be a gatekeeper to the thoughts that come in, to the emotions that get shared, to the energies that sway you or shift you in either direction. And you can use the ability to discern well how you may want to do that. Virgo gives you the opportunity to tap into your body, mind, and spirit and to realize that you do have a say and how you can allow for everything coming in and out of you to be experienced with the Virgo energy as well. Like Virgos are here to really pave the path forward. They're not charting territory that's already like been laid out in front of them. They are cutting their way through the jungle to really 
just figure it out in order to be of service in the world in a more applicable way and that doesn't have to make sense to anybody else it's their own rhythm that they're getting to know and I think when they do have anxiety or get caught up in their head is because they're failing to recognize this uh, innate patterning or rhythm within them. And to keep it real, y'all, most Virgos are pretty sensitive because they're picking up on all y'all shit. <laughs> and so it puts them in an awkward situation to have to be the one to call you out. However, whenever a Virgo is available to be able to use that precision and that ability to analyze and observe well, it can be very helpful if that energy is received well and allowed the space to do what it's meant to do. And that's to be of service. Absolutely. And that leads us into our next transit to talk about, which is the sun entering Libra, kicking off Libra season on the 22nd. It's a Tuesday. And that's also the day of the fall equinox. Woo! Woo! Hell yeah. Yeah, it feels good to be here, right? <laughs> I am so ready, y'all. Like, I've been waiting for fall since last fall. Like, I am a fall boy all the way. Bye, Summer. I know you're going to miss me. <laughs> but I ain't going to miss you that much. No, no, no. Welcoming in the fall. Libra energy is also a really beautiful time as well. Mm -hmm. You get a chance to engage with your intellect. You get a chance to rebalance the scales on where you are showing up and how you are showing up moving forward. Libra is an intellectual energy. It gives us the opportunity to recenter ourselves and to come back into a grounded state of neutrality. To realize that the best way we can engage with the world is simply by showing up. There's no such thing as a right or a wrong answer. Either discretion that you make to go either way will lead you back to yourself ultimately. And so when you can choose to recenter yourself in this space of neutrality, you're showing up for the world in the way that you are meant to. And that's in your presence. So I'm all about Libra energy. Yeah, we need that balance. It's so, so, so important to protect your balance. And I think this is a great time with Libra season to reassess where you are getting a return on investment and where you are not. Because where you spend your time and your energy, your love, it's all different kinds of currency in the world that are beyond monetary. It can be monetary as well, but that's not the end all be all of currencies, of frequencies. What is feeling balanced? What is not feeling balanced? Can you be honest with yourself about that? You might be the one who's tipping the scale. You might not be. Can you take a bird's eye view and look at it and assess what's working, what's not working? How can I make that change? And the fall equinox is a great time for that. You know, the days are getting darker here in the northern hemisphere. And as the days get darker, it becomes more and more important for us to shine our light from within. And Libra has a lot of light to shine. If you know any Libras, they are really, really fun, uplifting angel beings that none mm. of us deserve. <laughs> Especially as fire signs. It's like, whew, thank you for keeping me balanced. Wow. <laughs> Amazing energy. My mom's a Libra. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> lovely, lovely people. And that moves us forward into Mercury, who is going to be moving into Scorpio. As I mentioned Mercury moves very quickly. So on Sunday, the 27th, Mercury moves into Scorpio. And speaking of Mercury, the retrograde period is going to be in Scorpio and Libra this year. 
So it might feel a little familiar. We're getting set up for that. We're in the pre-retrograde shadow period now because we've been here before. (laughs) For those who remember, that was a year ago and we're going back into that, but different. You know, we've got more wisdom, more insight, more love, maybe more strength, I think, certainly. And we're going to be going back into those deep waters. Mm hmm. Just straight up more awareness. You know, it's like we have we have to get to a point at, at some point in our own individual paths and at our own pace that we have witnessed our own interpersonal cycles more than anyone else has. We all have our own mm. personal cycles and our own personal conditionings and patterns that only we ourselves are the most aware of when we give ourselves the ability to be aware of them. So quite honestly, that's the part of Scorpio energy that I think is very enticing and alluring is that Scorpio has that natural tendency to want to go deep, to want to break the taboo. Scorpio is not comfortable with just giving into these cycles and patterns because at some point they get repetitive and boring and these patterns and these cycles come up and Scorpio is a perfect tool to assist you into the depths of coming to the understanding of where that is all rooted and what is it that you're going to do as far as like the information you're receiving, the conversations that you're having, are they going to represent the depth that you truly seek in your heart's desires? Because Scorpio doesn't have a way to allow for the superficiality to surface for too long and to stay too comfortably. Scorpio likes to get to the bottom of things and can almost kind of enter that space of complete transformation because of it. Mm -hmm. So accessing that as a tool rather than something that you fear or are nervous of can help set you up for a really good Mercury and Scorpio season. Yeah, and I think it will definitely bring up those notes about whether you're taking the time to do the work or if you've been ignoring the work, I feel you will be definitely feeling it during that Mercury and Scorpio. Yeah, and the Page of Cups as well, like engaging with what's in your cup, engaging with what is in the water with you? Some things just can't come all the way to the bottom of the ocean with us. Some things are just not meant to go there. Some people are not meant to go there. That's okay. So who is? Who can go there with you? Who can have that deep, passionate, intellectually stimulating conversation that takes you all the way there? It's not going to be everybody, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be everybody. People have all sorts of different purposes in your life. You don't want to collect a house full of mirrors and wake up every day and just look at your own fucking face. (laughs) I mean, it's good, right? Love that face. But it's good to have different people for different purposes. Scorpio teaches us a lot about embracing those differences, embracing the seasons of transformation that are upon us. Mm Mm-hmm. And after this transit, we have Saturn going direct in Capricorn on Monday the 28th. This is, again, all this energy of this retrograde free zone. You know, we have Jupiter direct now. We now have Saturn direct. Mars is going to be going retrograde, but Venus is direct and has been direct. We're having more planets go direct now. Things are being lifted. Any limitations that we were feeling before... They're not the same. They might still be there on some level, but they've changed because you've changed. So how are you going to interact with them now? This is also a great time to lift your own limiting beliefs 
or recognize that you might be the one who's been in your own way. This is Eight of Swords energy. And Eight of Swords is a great ally for this. Get out of your own way wisdom that comes to us when Saturn goes direct. How can you get out of your own way? What do you need to stop overthinking so that you can just move forward and sit with it, right? Because we've still got Mars retrograde. So you're going to move forward, but you might not make the actions quite yet. Mm -hmm. I was noticing both Saturn and Jupiter are going to be going direct and in the same sign of Capricorn. And it's so interesting because where Jupiter expands, Saturn contracts. And the fact that they have both been in this dance of Capricorn energy for most of the year literally explains, like I said earlier, is the theme of what we've been feeling, where we feel like we're expanding as as a human species because we've built more and done more and this and structure and order has also been the same things that in time has revealed is what restricted us and limited us to so much. Because no matter how much we have all tried to go out there and do things, whether it was by the book or off the beaten track, and we were aiming for goals and aiming to be tactful, it also felt like, damn, is anything I'm doing even worth it? Like, I'm so confused. And that's what this year has been about, this pull between hoping for the best and then somehow energetically setting yourself up for the worst because maybe in the mental preparation of it, it'll cause less disappointment. But that's still engaging with it from this logical perspective. And I think with both of these planets going direct now, it's giving us yet back our power to be able to realize that we are ultimately the ones who get to choose how much logic we want to give into these future endeavors. Because when you look at Capricorn and you look at its opposite sign, it's Cancer. And true logic isn't logic without a balance of there being emotion. And so here we are getting this opportunity to re-engage with what we ourselves has been able to create as expansive and where we ourselves have felt restriction. And doing that movement going forward with the union of both logic and emotion, because that's who we are as beings. We're a balance within those both polarities. And we need both of those tools to be able to re-engage with the world and to be able to re-engage with ourselves differently this time around. Beautiful. You're absolutely right that there is something special for us to notice in both Jupiter and Saturn going direct this month. They also both went retrograde in the same month as well because they both went retrograde back in May. So this is a great opportunity for us to reflect on what was going down for us in May. I think in the world of the pandemic, May was kind of this point in time where many of us were feeling like, damn, is this ever going to end? We sacrificed all of April, <laughs> you know, like really you're going to take May too. And now here we are and it's September <laughs> and things have not changed completely, but things are about to change potentially completely, especially with the election on the horizon. We have a new way of engaging with the world, whether we're aware of it or not, from having this time to reform and refine and redefine how we are going to show up in the world to expand, how we're going to show up in the world and interact with our limitations, how we're going to respond when things don't go the way that we want them to or expect them to. Now we have this chance, this jolt of energy, this awakening to embrace what is and to dream of what can be. 
because we're still moving forward. We're all still here. It kind of feels like a dream. It kind of feels like a nightmare some days, depending on the day. But that perspective is up to you. So how are you going to engage with it? We do have the great conjunction coming up at the end of the year. We do have another set of eclipses coming up. Things are not going to calm down. We have to be okay with that. We have Mars and Aries to support us. We have this opportunity to chill the fuck out, to slow our roll, to get clear about what really matters. And if that hasn't been the, one of the biggest themes of this year, I don't know what is. What really matters. And that was kind of a heavy place to end this episode on, guys. <laughs> but what really matters. Yeah. Truth is, y'all, that life will continue to hand us different aspects of ourselves within a reflection of fluxes of highs and lows and how we choose to engage with these opportunities as being healing points for us to transcend into a different level of awareness for ourselves or how we get to yet again experience seemingly hard repetitive challenges so that we can better tune ourselves to the transition of this place. We're here to continue to keep growing. We're here to continue to be adaptable and resilient and to also realize that it's how we're choosing to engage with ourselves that allows us the opportunity to show up for the world that much more grounded and that much more in our awareness with compassion for all of us being in this together yet simultaneously be experiencing the same shifts just a little differently. So with this month, I send you all my support, my love, know that we are here just showing up as best as we can and providing the tools that we are able to to help anyone in need if you ever would like re-listen to these episodes so you can catch yourself at different times of the month just remembering some of the strength and support that you have from us here and that wraps us up guys for this episode if you enjoyed it please share it out with your people go give us a five-star rating on itunes or a review i love reviews I love when you guys write things for us to read. Mm -hmm. So feel free to do that if it calls to you. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Do what feels good. We'll catch you guys next month. And we will be jumping into a lot more magic. Mm -hmm. Especially with that retrograde coming up mm -hmm. for Mercury. For sure. Much love to all y'all out there. Stay grounded. Stay connected. Stay beautiful. And as always, we're always here for you. All right, bye. Choose.